We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, it looks like the Ravens dodged a major bullet during practice on Wednesday after Rashad Bateman went down. Media and attendants were reporting that uh, Bate fell and seemed to be tending to his surgically repaired foot. Yeah, and Bobby, we both know that an injury to Bateman would be the last thing the Ravens need with Mark Andrews just having surgery and then OBJ nursing that shoulder. So, Bateman did catch up with media afterwards in the locker room and he explained just what happened he did we're going to get into all that more i'm bobby trossett alongside my co-host and partner sarah ellison it is thursday november 23rd happy thanksgiving to you and yours and this is your morning ravens update from inside the vault presented by our friends at geha We've, in this show and people all around town, we've been talking about how Geno Stone is one of the surprise breakout players of the year. But is there somebody else kind of flying under the radar that might deserve that distinction more? Well, one prominent Baltimore media member thinks so. Plus, our old friend Joe Flacco spoke with Cleveland media for the first time, and he was wearing his Browns gear. He talked about whether it's weird to be in brown and orange after playing in purple and black for so many years. He also addressed what he thinks his role should and will be for his new team. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and, of course, our opinions in about 30 minutes. We got quite the scare Baltimore fans did on Wednesday when the Ravens uh, hit the practice field ahead of the Chargers game and be in prime time out in California, already missing a couple of guys. So we see media, and it happened during the portion open to media, Bobby. So that's only about the first 10 to 15 minutes. It includes stretching and then some individual drills, nothing really big. But during that session, Bateman did indeed go down, according to Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic. He said that, you know, it looked like Bateman was attending to his foot. After practice, first John Harbaugh was asked about it. John gave his usual vague answers, basically saying whether it's super serious or not. He said it doesn't seem serious, but we'll see what happens. And then uh, the media caught up with Bateman after practice. Here's a video courtesy of ESPN's Jamison Hensley, 
where the wide receiver explains what happened. It was it was nothing. It's just something that guys come off and of deal with time to time. You know, uh, I've been holding up strong all year. I've put some tired, so um, it let me rest a little bit. Hey, so I can come back stronger. So. Is it something that scares you at least when it happens? Because I mean, you just you know go to the ground. Not really. I try not to think about it like that. Um, and I knew it wasn't that. I know what it feels like, and um, it wasn't that. So, you know, um, just a little tired fatigue in my foot, and that's kind of what guys do. All right, and then after practice, uh, he wasn't including that quote there, but Jonas Schaefer um, of the Baltimore Banner reported that Bateman said, all is well, and he still expects to play on Sunday. So we can all have a collective exhale, Bobby. Well, yeah. I mean, what? Look at what's the last two years have been like for him down the stretch. You know, it's just availability has not been a calling card of his. So when this happens, and to your point earlier on, given what's already taken place over the last six days with their number one target in Mark Andrews, I mean, they are equipped to do business and and collectively replace him. But if you if you lose another playmaker, then it just it creates issues, and and it. It will test the investment that they made this offseason even more so than it already will without 89 out there when it matters most. All right, so just a bigger overall picture. Not only is it good news that the Ravens dodged, dodged the bullet there with Bateman, and and I do like his explanation. It does make sense that it's just like these are things that come with your your foot when he's been through what he's been through, a little fatigued. He knew that it wasn't like a major thing because he obviously knows what that feels like, so uh, you know, getting him some rest will certainly be nice, but also in a, in very good news in addition to um, dodging that bullet, both Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey returned to practice after they both missed um, last week's game on Thursday night against the Bengals and also Trenton Simpson, who was dealing with that concussion, he returned. So listen, all the reinforcements you can get because people keep coming up and down, up and down with these injuries. So love to see that. Obviously, Mark Andrews wasn't at practice. Cornerback Arthur Mallette was not at practice. I think, you know, he's played really well in the slot, so you want to see him come back. But obviously, with Marlon back, they'll, they'll have some more flexibility if he can't play. And then also, and we said this, we said, even though John Harbaugh said that it wasn't a serious injury for Odell Beckham Jr., we all saw how he was favoring it. He uh, And we said it very well still could mean that he will miss this week. Uh, so he missed this Wednesday practice with that shoulder. So that's kind of the, the status there. Let me see. There's an overall kind of practice report. Let me see here. Yeah, they kept Duvernay limited. Zay Flowers was limited. Humphrey, when he came back, was limited. Um, so, And then Ronnie Stanley was limited. But Pepe Williams... Uh, he, who's been, he's on that IR DR list, meaning he's on injured reserve, but they're dedicating him to practice. They have three weeks to go. So he was back out there and Harbs, this is what he had to say about Pepe returning to the field. Yeah. Very excited for him. I mean, he's been around here. He's been around here for the last month telling me, you know, he wants to go, he wants to go. And finally the trainers cleared him and, and to see him out there with his enthusiasm, Pepe's always high energy, uh, guy. He's out there talking already. So, uh, yeah, it was fun to have him out there. And I, I think he'll have a chance to really contribute as we go forward here. 
Yeah, we mentioned it when it first became a thing, that three-week designation window on, on Wednesday's morning vault, right? You can never have enough depth at that position, and we know that Pepe's shown flashes. He's just been sort of an afterthought, being that he's been unavailable throughout the majority, well, all of his sophomore season to date so far. But, but yeah, he, he is a, a ball of energy, as we learned when we had him on the vault within our, I think, like our first month of existence. Our first, yeah, I think he was our first guest, yeah. Yeah, it was right out of the gate, so... Good. Good to get him back in the fray. You don't necessarily need to rush a guy back because, as we'll learn and we'll be reminded with the confidence that Brandon Stevens is playing with, he kind of had that same exact confidence with the media on Wednesday. So we'll get to that in just a bit. But being that Mark Andrews is on the other side of surgery, Mark, Mark, John Harbaugh gave an update on where he's at. Right, it was. It was. It was all positive. I had a chance to review the uh, MRI and the pictures on it. I, I gave it my thumbs up. Uh, after it was explained to me what the heck was going on. But uh, no, no, by our reports, uh, Dr. Anderson told our, our doctors and our trainers that uh, everything re- went really well, and, and uh, we'll just see where it goes from here. John, with the... And one of his running mates in the, in the position room that spent a lot of time with him, obviously, pre-injury, and that's certainly learned a ton from him throughout the last year and a half since coming into the NFL. Isaiah Likely said that he recently chatted with him as well. So the night that happened, I told Mark, you know, I called Mark, he answered, but it's obviously like, I texted him saying like, when you're ready to talk, I know everybody's blowing your phone up. I know that you're going through a lot right now. Just hit me up. And he hit me up yesterday. We talked for a little bit. I'm not going to say what we talked about, but he's definitely in good spirits. And then just overall, what he's meant to him again in his sophomore season here. Sure. I mean, I, I tell everybody like Mark's like that big brother role in that aspect, and he's done a fantastic job helping me day in and day out on uh, run blocking, pass, pass, route running, pass blocking, everything, and just giving me everything, voice of wisdom, everything I do. So, you know, having him still be able to talk to me even after his injury definitely was heartwarming. Sarah, we said it during the postgame show. I'll say it again now. Isaiah's had some of his most productive games in, in his young NFL career when Mark hasn't been available. Hopefully history will repeat itself down the stretch here because they're going to need him. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously no surprise. I mean, Mark is the number one target, so if he goes down, that leaves production for others. But I actually quite enjoyed that whole interview with Likely. Um, The whole thing was quite nice. He did say, actually, in a different question uh, and answers, he said that when, when he and Mark did talk, Mark told him, you know, stay the course, stay the course, be ready. Like, he he had that big brother role that a lot of people talk about that Mark has, very encouraging, very like, it wouldn't, doesn't surprise you, right? That it's like, don't worry about me, stay the course, keep moving. The other part that I really liked about this is I really liked Likely's answer on this. So he was asked about how quickly he thinks he can do all that off script stuff. The stuff that we were talking about in yesterday's episode where Lamar said that, you know, the biggest thing that he'll miss is that when everything breaks down, he and Mark just seem to have some sort of thick sense for each other, right? So they ask likely. And instead of giving like some sort of BS kind of hot air filled answer, he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I feel like we can work on that. He goes, but let's be honest. He's like, I don't know that I'm going to do it as quickly as Mark did because they came in together. They were drafted together. He repeated what Lamar said. He's like, Mark was his. Mark and him were peanut butter and jelly together. So he's like, yeah, we're working hard at it, but I'm probably not going to get it as quickly as Mark. Um, and then he reminded reporters cause they were like, okay, outside of that off script, 
you know, what are you kind of thinking in terms of stepping up? And he, again, he's like, listen, I, I do, obviously we play the same position. He goes, but we are different players. Mark Andrews is a different player than I am. And so the, that's going to be the challenge for both likely for Lamar Jackson and for Todd Munkin to all be like, okay, we have a system here and it's working well. We don't want to go too, we don't want to stray too far from it, but how can we tweak it? so that we optimize it for Lamar and likely and not just Lamar and Mark, because again, they are two different players. And I don't know that they're going to have the same. We've seen so many times when other people have criticized the routes, right? Sometimes they're too close and we'll say, well, partly that's because Mark has the freedom to kind of drop off and do what he wants. I don't know that likely has that freedom just yet. Right. He just doesn't have that experience under him. So I just appreciated that he was like realistic, but optimistic in that interview. It's one of the things I think Kurt Warner could have probably done a better job of acknowledging when he put out his critique piece a few weeks back on Munkin, you know, just acknowledging that Mark has earned that, you know, and and, and sure, what were there perfectly clean routes and those plays that he showed you on film? No, but Mark has generated a lot of production when he's freelancing and he has absolutely earned the right uh, and, and then some to do that. So, yeah, I mean, you're trying to replace six years of feel, like, right? Feel is what Kirk Herbstreit was talking about on the Thursday night broadcast. The feel, the street ball, the the sixth sense, to your point. So, all that's going to have to be a collective effort, as we've mentioned many times. And speaking of Mark's injury, remember, Logan Wilson, Bengals linebacker, was the one who tackled him from behind in what has been discussed many, many times over the last six days, the hip drop tackle. Logan has not spoken with the media yet, or had not spoken spoken, excuse me, with the media yet until Wednesday afternoon. And here he is addressing everything that's taken place and a lot of the, the criticism that he's received uh, throughout media and, and then some. It is what it is. It's kind of the world we live in right now. And some of it was obviously very unnecessary and um, coming at me and my family for really, for no reason. You know, I wasn't playing the game dirty. I never wish any harm on any player I ever go against. I play the game at a um, I play my heart out every game, play my butt off, and um, sometimes those injuries happen. It is what it is. But, you know, I was, if people would notice, I was one of the first people on, my, on a knee when Mark went down because um, you never want that to happen to a guy, especially if him. Um, he's a good dude. I'd never wish anything upon him like that. I honestly wasn't even sure of what a hip drop tackle was prior to that bring, being brought to my attention after the game. And so, um, you know, obviously, it's some. I guess it's something that they're they're looking at doing, but it's it's hard in the position when you're trying to come from behind and trying to just find a way to bring him down. It's not like it's not like Mark Andrews is a small human, you know what I mean? So um, you're just trying to find a way to bring the guy down, and unfortunately, that's what happened. And um, like I said, I'd never wish it upon him. And they'll, obviously, whenever whenever they decide to do with the hip drop tackle going forward, we'll have to adjust. But it it, it, it would make it a lot harder if that's what they decide to do. Patrick Queen shared similar sentiments in terms of the tackle itself post game, right? And and how it it all happened so fast. But I got to be honest with you. I, and by the way, I, I clipped that up. It was more than two minutes, but not all of it was about the hip drop and and what it, what had happened. He said he appreciated. By the way, I didn't include this in there. What PQ and both Pat Ricard had to say about it and and what their feelings were in those moments. Because as you can imagine. I'm sure there were like death threats and stuff coming into his DMs as as things tend to happen in the NFL, which is just insane. So I'm sure it's been a difficult week for him and his family, as he kind of alluded to off the top there. I I, I watched that a couple times. I believe him. How about you? I, I do believe him. I specifically buy him saying that he didn't even know what a hip drop tackle was. And the reason why I buy that is because we had Roquan Smith on our show 
just a couple days ago on Monday. And I remember I started off assuming that he knew what a hip drop, drop tackle was. And I said, Roquan, can you educate us? Like what? And he was like, to be honest, he's like, I don't even really no. <laughs> quite know what it is. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. So clearly like for Logan to say, he doesn't know Roquan said he doesn't know. And I just feel there is something like where these dirty things kind of get past, like calling him a dirty player. Um, like people say that about Roquan. Like, and, and I just, I feel like there's a certain mentality, especially a middle linebacker mentality that is rough and aggressive and is like the field general. And that's what Roquan is. And when I watch Logan play, I see him play with a, with a, tenacity. A, a ten, yep. that's a perfect word, a tenacity similar to Roquan. I think Roquan, I mean, we're, I'm not comparing them as who's the better linebacker. I mean, I think it's Roquan, but, but the middle linebackers are like that, you know? And so I think it's so easy to be on the opposite in the opposite fan base and demonize the other guys linebacker or whatever, but that's happened. How many fan bases think that Roquan's dirty? I mean, Cincy Cleveland already does. thought it. <laughs> yeah. Since he thinks it like, because of the way Roquan talks, because of how hard he is, like, he plays the whistle. He's like, I'm the train, get out of the way. So, uh, so, but that's how you got to be as a middle linebacker. So listen, if they outlaw it, then these guys will be educated on it and they'll have to figure out a different way to tackle large guys from behind. I mean, yeah. it'll be tough on them, but if that's the, that's what they do, then that's what they do. You could probably make an argument that as football starts to not starts, but continues to be more and more governed. And we know that they're dating back to 2022, looking at the, the analysis of this tackle, studying what, what has happened injury-wise and, and perhaps could ban it maybe as soon mm -hmm. as 2024. I don't know. You could probably make the argument that middle linebacker is the hardest position now to live within this this new world of football gov government wise mm -hmm. it's such an old school position as it is and so now if you're taking away even something as simple you heard him guess what mark andrews and most nfl tight ends including travis vocalek including isaiah likely including charlie kohler these are huge these are massive human beings and they're going and they're running what four fives four sixes four sevens like Look out. You have got to find a way to get this guy down by any means necessary. So I appreciate the transparency. He obviously wishes the best. I'm sure he's sick to his stomach based on what happened to Mark, as are all of us uh, within Ravens Nation. Before we get to Brandon Stevens, who met with the media on Wednesday and had some good things to say, as we mentioned at the top, this episode is brought to you by our friends at GEHA. And for over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. With over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every single day. GEHA, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA. Again, that's Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. Visit GEHA.com to learn more, partner. All right, so flipping over to that defensive side and talking about mentalities, which we've just talked about the middle linebacker, um, Brandon Stevens took the podium, and he's somebody who you know we all appreciate but certainly is, is flying under the radar. I loved his mentality because I'll get into the stats here. 
But the Ravens, with all these injuries going on here and there, it's really uh, Brandon Stevens who has like these one-on-one assignments where he's on an island. And he was that against Jamar Chase last week. Okay? So he was asked about being on an island, and I liked what he said. Yeah, man. Uh, shoot, the island is not for everybody. Uh, uh, you, you, you know, it's, it's mainly just confidence. You know, confidence in your technique. Um, you know, just, you know, being fearless out there and, you know, knowing that, you know, wh- whoever's in front of you, uh, you know, that's, you know, th- th- you're in front of them. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's, it's definitely a mindset, like you said. It's not for everybody. He also went in real quick, Bobby. The whole plan this year, by the way, as said in the offseason, the plan was to put him at safety full time. And yet he's been the island corner for the Ravens this year. And so they've asked him, where do you think you've grown the most? I, I would say n- numerous areas. Um you know, just just you know, zone matchups. You know, uh, you know, covering one on ones. You know, taking away number one receivers. Uh, um, yeah, I think I think I've made strides in those areas. Yeah, heck yeah, he's got such a great story. We always got to bring it up. Like he used to be a running back in college. He started his career at UCLA and then transferred to SMU, where he really kind of like took the quarterback role and ran with it. And now within this Mike McDonald defense. He's been asked to, to your point earlier on, the guy has been asked to do so much, but the way that he's performed in press, the way that he's performed on an island, he, like you, you proclaimed this like several weeks ago, and I was kind of like, oh boy, is she going with this? Yes, you were, and I'm glad you were. This dude's a lockdown quarterback for the Ravens. Wow. That's what's up. So let me give some stats. This is a- Remember that, right? You remember that? I don't remember calling him a lockdown, but I'll take it. Oh, you <laughs> did. Oh, you that. did. You did. You were pounding your I fist did. on the table. I said, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take it. Well, I'm sure it's, it's in the tape. So, um, <laughs> hey, it's like you usually forget the things you say wrong. I forget the things that maybe I said right. So, That's anyway. Why I, Jeff, I'm here. I'm here for you, partner. You're here. So, I got you. You're here to keep receipts either way, uh, and either I love way. it. Either way. I love it. All right. So, <laughs> Jeff had a, had a uh, Jeff's Rebick had a, one of his, uh, regular columns that he does once a week. He's got notes, opinions, and whatever else it's called. But he gave a paragraph to Stevens that I wanted to read. So he first looked at just in the last game, because we just heard Steven say where he thinks he's grown as being in these one-on-one positions. The island, it's not for everybody. Well, it's for him. Because in two games against the, the, against the Ravens, Jamar Chase has just seven catches for 43 yards. And then that one touchdown, I think it was in garbage time, right? That, on Thursday night. That's on 15 targets. So that, yeah, that touchdown was a two yarder. And then he says, what makes Chase's modest production against the Ravens this year more notable is that Humphrey didn't play in either game. So Chase is getting locked down because of Stevens. Uh, And then on Thursday, Stevens lined up across from Chase on 22 of his 35 routes, according to next gen stats. Chase had just two receptions on those snaps including the garbage time touchdown. Chase had an average target separation of just 0.9 yards. He couldn't get away from Stevens and the other guys who had him from time to time. Then this is what he says. This is, this is the money quote. I want to see if you agree. Safety Geno Stone's emergence into the NFL's interceptions leader has been a great story. I'd say it's been a fan- phenomenal story. Okay? So Jeff acknowledges that. Then he says, but... Stevens morphing into the Ravens' best performing cornerback feels even more improbable. What do you say, Bobby? 
improbable is the word. I thought he was going to, so I hadn't read it yet and I was letting you read it as I'm, as I'm learning it for the first time. So I thought he was going, it sounded like he was going, what was more impressive, but he went improbable. So yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I mean, Gino. More improbable that Gino was an, ins- I don't know if he's still the leader, but was the interceptions leader through so many games. Uh, that more improbable as a backup safety or Stevens becoming the best cornerback when you have an all pro with Marlon Humphrey. I'm with Jeff. I think it's close, but I'm with Jeff. I think okay. when you take a look at the track record for Brandon, some of the inconsistency, some of the issues tackling over the years for him to be where he is now. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. What about you? I also am fine with that. What's hilarious, though, is because because the interceptions are so much more splashy, I think for sure we haven't been talking about Baltimore in general. I don't feel like we've been talking about Stevens enough. I feel like we have been talking about Geno, so even if it were a tie, that's fine. But, like, why aren't we talking about this more? I mean, this really is an incredible development. And I'm trying to remember how many years he has left on his rookie court um, contract, but uh, we're going to want to hold on to this guy. Oh, and by the way, one last thing, and we'll get into Joe Flacco one last thing. We, I didn't pull this, but he, uh, as a former running back, he said he kind of kind of holds out hope that maybe one day he'll get a carry as a running hey, back. There you, you go. Know? Come on, Give B. Steve. He will set. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He will hit unrestricted free agency in 2025. So you get a little bit more All right. of Brandon here over the next year and a half or so. And if he continues at this clip, yeah, Again, I think it's close. I'm, I'm going back and forth what I think is more <laughs> improbable. I think it's very close, to be honest. But you're right. Yeah. The the splashy plays always, always win the attention game. That's just kind of the reality of it. Yeah. Speaking of attention, I'd say a good portion of Ravens Nation was on hand for when this came down, the timeline has started to be shared and reshared and reposted throughout Twitter, and that is their former Super Bowl MVP suiting up as a Brown for the first time, not for a game, but for practice and for his first media conversation, this courtesy of Jake Trotter, who we had on the show just a few weeks back. Uh, you know, I haven't really looked that much into it. Uh, I want to take it day by day and, you know, listen, I'm a veteran guy that's been a- around a lot at this point in the season with the team that's doing well. So I think there's a lot of different things that I can bring to the table, but I honestly just want to keep it day to day and, you know, focus on what I can. And right now that's just kind of learning the offense and becoming a part of the team. So We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. <laughs> So he, they later asked if it was weird for him to be uh, in these colors here, Bobby, the orange and brown. <laughs> Yuck. And this is what he had to say about whether that's weird for him. So all these years of facing the Cleveland Browns and, and you know, we, many of us were part of all those games. How weird is it for you to be standing in front of orange footballs right now and wearing a, a Cleveland Browns sweatshirt? Yeah, I think it would probably be a little bit different if I was, you know, coming here uh, four or five years ago. Um, but, you know, having bounced around a few spots now, uh, it's probably not quite as different. Um, you know, teams change so much uh, from year to year in this league. Uh, coaches change, organizations change. So um, when you look back on it, it's really, you know, they're, they're, they're so separate that um, there's probably a little bit of strangeness to it. But overall, like I said, you kind of come in here and you focus on meeting the new guys that, that are on your team. And it, it just it just feels like football, and, and that's the most important thing. I love this tweet right here. And there he is. Look at him. It is it is brown and orange. Everybody's got to be scoffing at this watching on YouTube right now, right? But I thought this was hilarious. Dustin, Dustin Cox from Twitter. He says, therapist, quote, Joe Flacco in Cleveland Browns attire isn't real. He can't hurt you. Then he goes, Joe Flacco in Cleveland Browns attire. And it's Joe with a big smile on his face. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> It is hilarious. It is. It is. It is weird, and it is gross. But Joe doesn't. Well, Joe doesn't care about any of that stuff. Number one. I mean, he's never been one to make a big deal out of anything. I will say this. Maybe it's because the Browns haven't been like a true. Even though they've been in the AFC North, they haven't been like this true rival, like the Steelers. So if Joe were in Steelers, I think I'd have a much more, you know, gut reaction of disgust. But. I don't know why. It's just not as bad for me with the Browns. If it were Steelers, it'd be another level. But Browns, I feel like I can, I can handle it. And by the way, just looking at what his role will be, Bobby, um, Jake Trotter, who we did have on the show prior to that that Browns game, he was great. Um, he said that Flacco's role will probably start as the backup behind the rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And we know that he led the, the the Browns to a victory over the Steelers, kind of a big deal. So he probably still gets that that nod. And then they Cleveland also has P.J. Walker on its roster. But uh, So it sounds like Joe will be the black backup. And by the way, when Joe, because it was like five years ago or so around that, his little kids, he's got four little boys. He's got four kids, all of them boys. His poor wife. Uh I got I got two and two. I feel like we're nice and rounded you're, in my in my household. Yeah. yeah, we're very evenly balanced. But Joe said that his sons, especially his ten year old, already had a long list with 
quote, like 50 Browns things on it. So I don't even know that his 10-year-old, I mean, these kids were so young when they were with the Ravens. He's been to Philly and the Jets and all that. So they're just going wherever dad is. So uh, that's his role. And that's how, how he feels about being in a Browns uniform. My prediction is that he will be QB1 within the next two weeks. Ooh, two weeks. In the next two weeks. We'll see. Okay. You, give, you give him a chance to learn the offense. What we've seen, yes, it's a small sample size, but what we've seen from Dorian Thompson-Robinson has not been much. Yes, I know he's a little – probably never. They never expected him to be starting games for them this year in his rookie year, and clearly he is raw, as we saw in week four or whatever it was. But that would be my, my prediction if, there. I don't think that's a bad prediction. If I'm Cleveland, I'm sticking with DTR until he forces me not to because he's the rookie. He's going to be behind Deshaun Watson. Deshaun has not been reliable since he signed with the Browns. You want to know that this rookie can do it. You want to know that. And you, and if you can, you want you want him to take the reins. So unless he has a meltdown, I think that they want Flacco to stay on the bench. But if they're forced to... Like maybe in two weeks, like you predict, then he would be out there. But I think DTR would have to have a meltdown. Well, I'm with you. That's the strategy. If you're or from the organizational sense, no question. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna answer the bell, and they're gonna be like, "Wait a second, we still have a chance at at this division or the, at the wild card. We we better bring in the guy, who, the grizzled vet here, to at least give us a shot at yeah. it." Yeah. So. Yep. I got we'll you. Quick hits. Ravens defense, most team pressures throughout the 2023 season. Entering week 12, they sit at the top. Everybody else is looking at Baltimore with 250, Sarah. Total, the next closest, 226. That's the Jets, San Francisco, 225, so on and so forth. Pretty nice, pretty good. I saw another one where I think Ravens are number one in point differential, too, be between their offense and, and defense, so that's pretty nice. Oh, we already got that in there. Uh, Kevin Zeitler. Is the Ravens' 2023 nominee for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award? That's a pretty nice little nod for Zeitler there. I love Kevin. And then, Kevin, sorry to interrupt. I, I saw, saw Sarah Zeitler. I, I think is is his yeah. wife. She put up an Instagram story the other day, walking through Harbor East. The two of them just like having a nice little night walk, and she's bundled up, right? And Kevin is wearing <laughs> sleeveless shirt. Right, just a sleeveless shirt, maybe shorts. Looks happy as heck. Relatively <laughs> cold these days at night in Baltimore, and the caption was like, "You know, so so glad I have a, have a you know guard for a husband who can just give me whatever he's wearing when I'm cold." And literally, Kevin is in a sleeveless shirt. I thought this is a classic offensive lineman lifestyle. He was born to be in the trenches for NFL football. It's funny because sometimes when I watch a, a, a movie, say like Braveheart, like Kevin Zeitler could be in Braveheart. You know what I mean? Like he'd be out there just like in the trees, in the freezing cold and just battling. I mean, he's, he's just hilarious to me. He just, he, be he belongs in the trenches of the offensive line. Um, just a quick shout out if you want to get a chance to go read it, but Jeff Drebeck for the NF the athletic wrote a um, uh, profile piece on Ravens offensive line coach, Joe D D Alessandris. I love this guy. I, I, he is so nice. So upbeat. So I, I, he's just such a nice guy. If you were ever to meet him, but he lost his, his wife last year. And so, um, this whole, st the whole story is, a, well, not the whole story, but part of the story is about how 
Coach Joe just totally leaned into football and then his daughters to help him get through the loss of his wife. The quote they, they kind of feature is, I don't have that person to talk to. I miss that. So, you know, just you never know. People are just grieving. Everybody has something going on in their lives. And uh, he's just such a fun and upbeat guy. I did not know he lost his wife la um, last year. So I'm happy to know that his daughters are with him and he's, he's leaning into football. But certainly um, an article worth reading if you get the chance. Small little personal connection to this story. Uh, those of you who, who know the Baltimore area know that I live in Fells Point, which is downtown next to the Inner Harbor. And Joe and his late wife, Tony, would often walk together on off days or off nights mm. uh, along the water, as I do every single night, whether I'm with the dog or not. And I remember seeing him the first time and I was like, oh, that was definitely Joe D, but I missed him, you know, and then a couple weeks later, I see him again and I, I make sure to stop him this time and introduce myself. And we had spent some time in the locker room together, like, you know, years ago. And so I just mm. kind of reminded him of that. The, the the generosity and just the the, the human being side of him was, was mm -hmm. is so awesome. He loves the yeah. game of football. He loves family, but he just takes the time. He treats you as if you are one of his players when you speak right. with him. And so I just always have admired him, and I thought that Jeff did an amazing job of profiling him. And I hope I hope that football and now his newest grandchild continues to be an escape for him. And what's obviously a uh, really challenging time, especially, excuse me, during the holidays. All right, last little thing here. Right now, you got a couple quick hits. I just wanted to put this chart here, um, which I, I, I'm just like in in what's the word fantasy land. I can't believe this is happening, but it's a chart. Sometimes hard to read, but it's a chart that shows the average separation that a team's wide receivers are getting. That's across the horizontal axis. Then up the vertical axis is a chart of how often quarterbacks are finding their uncle man, like actually hitting him. So basically what this chart shows is that the Ravens are number two in the league in terms of their wide receivers getting separation. Like what world are we living in with the wide receivers playing that well? So they're getting open for Lamar. And then if you look at where Lamar ranks in terms of hitting open wide receivers, it looks like he's tied. These aren't, uh, this isn't like a chart. It's just like a graphic of it, so it's hard to tell. But it looks like he's kind of tied with C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow right there with only three people above them, which is Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So it just is a wonderful sight to see that Ravens wide receivers are getting open for Lamar, and then Lamar is following through and hitting them. So pretty cool graphic right there. It is a new era in Baltimore, pun intended, based on his Instagram handle. Okay, Chargers. Speaking of sack production and pressures that we were talking about a little while ago, are going to be without one of their stars for at least the next four games, including Sunday night in LA, and that is outside linebacker Joey Bosa. That's a big win for the Ravens. Talk about a hit. Yeah. He he is one of the most disruptive players in today's game, as is his brother as well. The Ravens are three and a half point favorites on the road for Sunday night's game at the Chargers. Jamison Hensley put out the stat here. From ESPN Bet, Lamar is 15-7 and seven straight up when favored by more than three points away from home. Uh, and the catch with 68 seconds remaining and the Bengals trailing by three. What is this? I don't think that was supposed to be in there. 
Anyway, <laughs> Lamar is 15 and seven straight up one favored by more than three points away from home. I'm sick as a dog. I'm losing my mind. Okay. Shout out to two of our returning patrons. Uh, I only have myself to blame. Did not sleep enough this past weekend. Sarah and I have already discussed it. I need to get better at emotional I've intelligence. I've already scolded you like a mother or a sister would. Yes. Emotional intelligence and discipline. Two things that I will continue to ho hone in on as I approach year 30. But I did take the time to make sure that I get this pronunciation right. And if I get it wrong again, I'm going to be rather disappointed. Efran Ribeiro is what howtopronounce.com is telling me. Efran, I know that you have mentioned it before that I have botched your name, so please let us know again in the comment section if that remains to be the you know, case. You know what he should do if you do still have it wrong? Because look at me, I'm not even trying. Is record yourself saying it, and when we say we thank our, our returning patrons, we'll just play. We'll just play his video. Yeah. <laughs> or just call into the post-game show at midnight on Sunday and let us know. Yeah. You know, we'll practice like it together. Yeah. Major offense, can't forget about you either. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you guys are interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering here inside the channel this month. So with that, happy Thanksgiving again to you and yours. We're looking forward to week 12. We're looking forward to the Chargers and the Ravens. And it's just a fun time of the year with, with December football quickly approaching. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, for our episode sponsor, GEHA, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. We'll talk to you guys soon.